0: This morning, um, you know, we celebrate the dawn of a new year and it's a new day. And, um, every, every new day, it's, there's, his mercies are new, afresh, right? It's always, it's always on towards us. Um, and often, um, we have fresh hope. I don't know if if you're like me, but when I wake up in the morning, typically I have fresh hope. I'm excited about to see what, what's God gonna do today? It's not like I'm always just flying high, but there's a sense of like, there's, with the sun rising, there's something about a new day. There's something about God is, is, um, He's on the move. And there's sort of this sense with me, and I think it's the same with a new year. And so I'm excited to see what God's gonna do today. Every time we go to church, I'm excited to see what's God gonna do today. Is there going to be anything significant that we'll be able to look back years down the road and say, on that day, this thing happened? And it's the same with the new year, right? I'm excited to see what God's going to do this year, right? We don't know. When we started 2022, he didn't know what was going to happen throughout the course of the year. And as you think back over 2022, there may be things that you're like, I sure wish that didn't happen, right? Or there may be things that I can't believe that happened, right these things i've been waiting for hoping for longing for all of those kinds of things and so as you reflect on 2022 today at the start of a new year and maybe you've gone through a process right it's usually healthy at the end of a year to sort of reflect on that year is it easy for you to see all that god did in your life and through your life is that an easy process for you to sort of reflect and say wow i see that god did this and he did this and he did this or is it hard is it more difficult like, where is your focus? Um, has it been um, easy for you to take time to reflect on the areas where you've had progress or fulfillment, or do you feel like as you start 2023, man, I'm in the same exact place I was in 2022? Now that could feel discouraging, right? And some of you may be in that spot today. That's okay, right? the The message of Jesus is the message of hope. So if you're in that spot, you're in the right place because Jesus is the answer. That's the reality. Um but most of us were on a journey, right? So even if you didn't accomplish all of your goals last year, you moved closer. Many of us we moved closer in achieving those things. There's a progress that's being made as you go from glory to glory, right? Um did you celebrate your accomplishments? some of you, that's really easy to do. Others you are just like, I don't take any time to reflect and celebrate. You just move on to what's the next big thing in my face, right? And so that's a challenge I would say or an exhortation that if you didn't take any time to celebrate what was accomplished last year in you, between you and God or through you, to affect your spheres of influence, I would encourage you to take time to do that. It's not too late, right? Um. As 2022 has ended, some of us, I think it's easier to focus on what you had hoped would happen in 2022 that didn't happen. Is anybody like that? Anybody in that situation where you, like, you, you had real strong ambitions at the beginning of 2022, things that you were waiting for? Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe it was financial breakthrough. Maybe it was relational breakthrough. Maybe it was a new job. Maybe it was a new house. Maybe it was a dream vacation. I don't know. Right, but there's things that you were contending for that, as midnight came last night, you realize it hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm still waiting for God to do that thing, and for some of us, we f- have focused on that as we close this year. It's like, well, I guess it wasn't that year, maybe next year, and so, as you flip the calendar over today, right, um some of us are thinking. This is going to be the year, right? There's just something about that physical act of flipping the calendar, right? That's what I was talking about at the beginning is there's something with the new day. There's like a possibility. So as you flip the calendar, some of us, we, we experience there's possibility with this new year because nothing's ever happened in it yet before. Right. Maybe God's going to do it this year. Um, I'm going to throw out three numbers, 12, 18, and 38. We're going to start with 12. Um, These are three of the most exciting numbers in the Bible. Did you guys know that? You're going to find out why. Um, You do know it. If you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you'll know these numbers. They're actually really familiar numbers. Um, 12, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhaging for 12 years. If you want to find out her story, you can look in Luke chapter 8. We're not going to read it this morning. She was bleeding for 12 years. Can you imagine that? Bleeding for 12 years. Nothing the doctors did helped. She went to the doctor. She spent all her money. Everything she tried, she just got worse for 12 years. She flipped a lot of calendars, 12 years. Um, But one day, everything changed. Everything changed. At the start of that year, did the woman know that was going to be the year? No. As the sun rose that day, did the woman know that was going to be the day? I don't think so. But on that day and in that year, she realized that Jesus was the answer. And she got the strategy that if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be well. So she risked her life and she pushed her way through the crowd in order to touch his hem. And in the moment she touched his hem, all the bleeding stopped. And Jesus had an interaction with her. But the reality was that what she had experienced for 12 years, it all changed in one moment. And the key was Jesus. 12 years of waiting ended in one moment with Jesus. 18. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. If you want to read her story, it's in Luke chapter 13. 18 years. Crippled. We don't don't know her full story. We don't even know her name. We don't know why she was crippled. Was she crippled from birth? It doesn't say, so probably not. There probably was some kind of an accident or something that happened, right? But we don't know what happened. We don't know any of her pain or anguish or any of the trauma that she experienced. We don't know anything about her. But for 18 years, we do know she was crippled. And then on one day, everything changed. I'll say the same things. At the start of that day, do you think she knew that was going to be the day? Or at the start of that year, did she know this is the year, everything's going to change? Was there even a, a remote hope that there could be change? We don't know for sure. But that day, that year, she realized that Jesus was the answer. And in this case, he touched her. And he brought her up in front of a group of people on the Sabbath. And he touched her. And in an instant, she was set free. After 18 years of waiting, it all ended in one moment with Jesus. That's good news. 38. There was a man who was by the pool who had an infirmity for 38 years. If you want to read his story, it's in John chapter 5. So he's struggling for 38 years. And you listen to the interaction that he has with Jesus, right? He's by the pool. He knows when the wind stirs, right? The spirit moves and some people can get healed. And he feels hopeless. He, I can never get in. I can't beat them. Right? And yet Jesus walks by. But at the start of the year, did the man know that was going to be the year that everything changed? Are you tired of hearing these questions? Right? At the start of that day, did he know that was going to be the day? No but jesus but jesus in an interaction with a word not even a touch but with a word everything changed after 38 years for this man right jesus was the answer for all three it wasn't too late some people would have looked at 38 years it's that's your life 18 years 12 years i've spent everything and i'm getting worse It's easy to see how you could give up hope. And yet it wasn't too late because Jesus was on the move. And Jesus was the answer for these three individuals, and he's the answer for you and me. It hasn't changed. As we flip the calendar this year, Jesus is still the answer. No matter how long you've been waiting. I don't know everybody in the room. I know some of you, and I know some of the things you've been waiting for. And it's been a long time. And then others, I don't know. I don't know the story. I don't know the the thing inside that you're like, I just long for this thing to change. If only this thing could change, everything would be different with my life. The good news is Jesus is still alive. He has the power with touching him, you could be healed. With him touching you, with a word spoken from him. In an instant, no matter how long you've been waiting, it can all change. So there's reason to hope. Let me throw out one more number. This is the number 10. I don't know if 10's in the Bible, probably somewhere. But um, 10's in my life, because this is a really big year for me. And um, in 2013, three things happened that changed my life as I knew it. The first was that I came on full-time staff here at Grace. So I was an elder, and I was a lay minister before that. I think I started that in about 2004 or five, somewhere in there. Um, but I wasn't on full-time staff. That was my dream, to get back into full-time ministry. And for a strange series of scenarios, it happened in that year. For um, The leadership team felt like it was the year for me to step into that role. Um also during that year right before I came on staff my second son was diagnosed with a brain tumor that was out of the blue we didn't know that was coming and then after right after I came on staff my fourth son was born so a lot happened in 2013 and it's been an amazing 10 years it really has um but 10 years later I stand here this morning we just flipped the new calendar right um, there's promises that I heard from God about what he was going to do through the ministry at Grace Fellowship that still hasn't happened. There's been many things that have happened, but there's some of those things that I heard loud and clear in my spirit with the Lord about what the ministry of Grace Fellowship was going to look like, how, what we were going to accomplish in the land within the body of Christ and within those who had never experienced the love of Jesus before. And there's promises that he gave me that I still haven't seen realized yet. Also, 10 years later, my second son is still waiting for his healing to manifest. And 10 years later, my fourth son continues to be a source of joy and excitement in our lives. He's amazing, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with Jesse. I've never seen anything wrong with Jesse. He's just always happy. Sometimes he's sad. But for the most part, he's just a bundle of joy. And he has filled our home and our life with joy. You look at all my other sons. He's filled our whole life with joy for 10 years. It's pretty amazing. He truly is a gift from God. And the reality is that days become weeks and weeks become months and months become years. And I look back and it's hard to believe it's been 10 years. Right? I think that's the same for many of us. We just, we go through life. It's another day. It's another month, another year. And then we look, but whoa, how did it all happen, right? There's been so many good and amazing things that have happened over the past 10 years, and then so many devastating and hard things. When I look across the congregation, I know it's true for you as well. There's been many things that we've rejoiced as a a Christian church family, right? And there's many places we've just mourned together in these past 10 years. There's been a lot of hard things that have happened for us and in our county. Um. But through it all, I've been waiting and hoping and resting in the promises of God, right? The truth of his kingdom. And when I look at the number 10, it feels pretty insignificant in light of 18 and 38, right? Um, Some of me is like, I hope I don't have to wait another eight years or another whatever. I can't even do the math, right? To 38, right? 28 years. That feels like a lot longer, (laughs) And I know the goal's never comparison, but the reality is this year as I flip the calendar in these areas, I'm still waiting. There are places you're still waiting, right? Um, we're waiting with hope and expectation, but we're still waiting. And that's one thing that I can say is true about the Grace family is that we really have got it, what it looks like to wait, not just passively like, oh, God, come if you want to, But there's a pressing in. There's a sense of knowing that we have hope and expectation because of who he is. The answer hasn't changed. And we don't understand all the, um, we don't have an understanding to all the questions, right, that we may have. But the reality is we know the source of our healing. We know the source of our hope. We know the source of our breakthrough is Jesus. That's still true. I had an interesting encounter a couple weeks ago. I was sitting um, with my son um, getting his recent MRI. So he, every six months or so, he gets an MRI on his brain. And I was sitting in the room. I was listening to all the noises. If you ever had an MRI, it's pretty noisy. And I was listening um, to what was going on. But in my spirit, I felt like the Holy Spirit in Jesus, he just kept saying to me, I want to read it. He said, I healed everyone who came to me. And he just repeated that. I was sitting there for 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, and he just, over, I healed everyone who came to me. I healed everyone who came to me. And I started having the memories of the scriptures of all the different individuals that came to Jesus, that had interactions with Jesus. There was not one that he he wasn't able to heal. Every healing looked different, but the reality was every single person that came to him That he went to they were healed and he kept repeating that over and over to me Um, and I think he was reminding me to keep my eyes on him ultimately as I sit here 10 years later like it was nine years at that point whatever um, reminding me to pursue him would I still pursue him after nine years after 10 years would I still pursue him and then we had the meeting with the oncologist later that afternoon and she comes in, and she's got her big smile on, and she says, I have great news. The tumor's stable. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and as she said it, it was so interesting, because we've had a lot of interactions over this, these past 10 years with this doctor. It's the same doctor. And um, we've seen her change in the course of 10 years. it has been an interesting process of why God um, allows us to interact with her in this way. Um. But as she said it, I heard Jesus say that phrase one more time again. I healed everyone who came to me. And I feel like what he was saying in that moment was this report of stability that I'm not supposed to settle for that. That's not the final say, right? Um, I don't want just good enough, right? And so for those of you who are sitting and you're waiting and you're expecting and you're hoping and you're dreaming, The answer isn't just good enough. It isn't just try to make it through another year or another day, right, with the condition that you have. The answer is that Jesus healed everyone who came to him, right? And that's not just physical healing. That's relational restoration. That's financial breakthrough. That's speaking and breathing on your life and your dreams, right, the calls on your lives, those kinds of things, where you're waiting for the breakthrough. Jesus is still the king, and in, in the beginning of December, I was asking, I always asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you saying about the next year? Right? i take some time, reflect on 2020 or the year before, whatever year. So this year, 2022, God, what did you do in grace? What did you do in me? What did you do in my family? All that kind of stuff. And then I, I changed my focus and I said, okay, what are you, what's your focus for 2023? Is there a word? Is there a fresh thing that you want for your people and for our house? And the, what I felt like I heard were three main themes. They're connected. Um, The first was intensified pursuit. The second was increased hunger. And the third was encounter. I feel like that's God's heart for his people this year. I heard a number of people share different things, even this morning. Michelle shared about um, burning for him. David English shared about um, being anointing, the anointing, resting in the anointing. Others have shared other things. Or Steve, I can't remember. Steve McGeary, what did you say to me outside? Seeker of mine, right? There's, it's similar. There's something. Pastor Lou talking about the year of praise. Where's your focus when you're praising? Is it on all the stuff that's going wrong? <laughs> right? No, it's on Him, the One who can do something about it. As I as I heard those themes, what I felt like the scriptures that popped into my mind. The first was Psalm 42. Verses 1 and 2, it says, As the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. There's a pressing in. There's a searching out. Like you think of a deer, he's searching for water. He can smell it. He knows where it is. And he presses for it. He hunts for it. He looks for it, right? It's the same for us. Isaiah 55, verse 3, it says, Incline your ear and come to me. Incline your ear, right? Right? Lean in, listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercy shown to David. Lean in, press closer. There's this sense of, will I go even deeper? I thought I went pretty deep last year, right? As best as I knew how to do. Could I go to another level with him? What does that look like? The truth that you know is apart from Jesus, we can do nothing, right? That's not a new phrase in this house. Um, But we have to have more of his presence. We have to because we're not experiencing the full reality of what he declared we are supposed to have and the abundant life that we're supposed to experience. And he gave us a strategy. And we're going to pop that next slide up there. Um, If you look at these four verses, there's a strategy. And you may have looked at these before in connection, right? Um, But we're going to read through them a little bit. So Luke 11, starting in verse 9, if you have your Bibles. It's familiar if you've been walking with the Lord. Um, The disciples were asking how to pray. And this is what Jesus said in Luke 11, verse 9. He says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now, which of you fathers... Will his son ask for a fish, and instead of a fish, he will give him a snake? Or he will even ask for an egg, and his father will give him a scorpion. So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, seek, knock. There's something about the Holy Spirit. There's a key there. Acts chapter 1, Jesus says... um, Before he ascends says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and as far as the remotest part of the earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Does anybody need more power? Isn't it interesting? He said, ask, seek, knock. The Holy Spirit, you won't be denied the Holy Spirit. And you may feel like, man, I've been knocking, I've been asking, I've been seeking. My sense is there's another level. There's an upgraded level because we're not experiencing the fulfillment of the power that we're meant to be walking in. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. The 120, right? Upper room. Suddenly a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves, and a tongue rested on each one of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. They were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Prior to that, Jesus had breathed on them and released to them the Holy Spirit. But they needed an infilling of the Holy Spirit, this power encounter with the Holy Spirit, right? And their lives were never the same. I don't know if you can look back before, for those of you who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, there may be people here today, you've never experienced that, right? It's a whole another level or dimension of walking with the Lord that's for you. He actually said it's yours, right? Some people within the, the church are afraid of it, right? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a little unpredictable, seemingly. He knows what he's doing, right? But the reality is is sometimes we don't know what he's doing or we're a little bit nervous about what he's going to do. And yet the reality what you see with the disciples, they didn't know what was coming. They were told, go wait in the room. What did they do for these days, right? They they prayed. They fasted. They tried to organize their business, right? Okay, we lost the apostle. We need to get a new one. Let's let's take care of business. But they were pressing in together. They didn't know the day. That was going to be the day. They didn't know. We say, well, Pentecost, right? Because it just so happened that that was the day it was poured out. Like, it was planned. God knew it. But they didn't know. As they got up that morning, it was just another day. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit breaks through and everything changes for them. This thing that was promised from Jesus, right? I had to go so the Holy Spirit could come. And then it happens. And they were never the same. But in Acts 4, don't miss it. Some people stop in Acts 2 and they think, well, that's it. And you look at what happened with Peter, right? He preaches 3,000 people come to know the Lord, right? It's an amazing thing. The body of Christ is breaking out. Signs, wonders, and miracles. All these amazing things are happening. And then you have Acts 4. In verse 29 of Acts 4, it says, and now they had just been in prison, right? Um, and it says, and now, Lord, look at their threats and grant it to your bond servants to speak your word with all confidence, While you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Wait, they were filled before, right? So why do they need a new infilling? We don't know the answer, but the reality is they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. There was a fresh infilling. There was a deeper impartation. There was more. There was more. Did it stop there? I don't think so. I don't think so, because our relationship with the Holy Spirit is one of impartation, filling, and then more filling, and then more filling, and then more filling, because there's always more. And so you can stop if you feel like you've experienced or you're hosting the fulfillment of all the power that you need. But if there's anybody standing with you in front of you, right, who's still dealing with captivity or something going on in their lives that isn't broken yet, you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's just truth. Right? Um, Acts 17, verse 6. This is about Paul and Silas. It's a report of fruit. You guys will know it. It says, these men, these are the people in Thessalonica, it says, these men who have upset the world or turned this world upside down have come here also. I love that. Their reputation, their, their legacy is of men who have turned the world upside down. Believers who have turned the world upside down. And when I reflect on the fruit in Paul and Silas' lives, I'm convinced I need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because Sonoma County isn't turned upside down yet. We've done a lot of amazing things in this county. There's a lot of ways where the the fruit of what's happening here at Grace Fellowship is impacting this county. I hear it from other pastors. I see it from the, the different ways of things that are happening within the city, the other officials that are sort of in the Christian movement over the city. I hear our name get mentioned a lot. There's things that are happening, but the county is not turned upside down yet. Our goal is that it's supposed to be turned upside down. That's Jesus's goal, that none should perish, but all would have eternal life, right? He doesn't just wash it off and say, well, forget Sonoma County. Forget California. A lot of believers feel that way, right? They feel it's hopeless. But could if God could turn Thessalonica upside down, think of the, the, the New Testament scriptures, right? Think about what was life like in Ephesus and compare it to Sonoma County. It's pretty darn similar. If a group of men and women who believed in Jesus could turn that place upside down, there's no reason we can't turn this place upside down. But we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh baptism. Um, Yeah. Jesus ascended so that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell within us. This hasn't changed. There's not another plan. If you're waiting for another plan, it's not going to happen. You're the plan. You and the Holy Spirit are the plan, right? That's the strategy. It's for your life and for others' lives as well, right? That's just it. Um, Show. If I'm going to serve you and lead this congregation effectively, I need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced. I'm not content with the, the level of where things are at in people's lives, the different infirmities that people face and you've struggled with for years, the level of brokenness that are in people's lives, the, the hardships that you guys have had to endure. I think the Lord applauds you, right, because you've been tenacious and persistent. You've been knocking. You've been asking. You've been seeking. I'm proud of you. As a leader, I take responsibility for where there's not breakthrough in the house. And when I look at that, the only thing I can see between where we currently are and the breakthrough that we're longing for is a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know anything else. And so I'm committed to it. And I think if if we're going to turn Sonoma County upside down, we need a fresh baptism. Not just one leader, not just one person, every single person in the house really every believer in the county. And so the question I'm going to leave you with, we're going to play a song in a second, but the question I want you to think about as you start this year um, and as you think about your life, I'm asking myself the same question, okay? Is how empowered by the Holy Spirit are you willing to be? Maybe repeat that. How empowered by the Holy Spirit are you willing to be? Nobody can answer for you, between you and him. And what we're going to do to sort of end our time is um, we're going to do a couple things at once, which I love to do. But I'm going to play a song. um, And let me get it set up real quick. As we play the song, I want you to think about that question, how empowered... By the Holy Spirit, are you willing to be? Let me jump. Before we start it, I also want to make sure everybody grabbed a communion cup. Does anybody need one? They're on a back table over here. If anybody needs one, or if someone can grab a couple and pass them out. We're not in a hurry, so you're good. Um, But the picture that I had for how to close the time and really to start the year together is... um, You're going to take communion between you and the Lord today. We're as a family, right? We're here together. We're doing it together. But it's really between you and the Lord as you sort of host that question. How empowered are you willing to be by the Holy Spirit this year? Right? The the communion cup, it represents um, just the truth of Jesus' yes. His broken body that that bought us healing by stripes, we were healed, right? Um, his shed blood that um, ultimately leads us to fullness of life. We're able to be free from fear and shame. It was all taken care of on the cross. So you don't have any. There's no reason. If you're, if you're still walking in fear and shame, you don't have to. That's really good news. You really don't. And if you feel like you're stuck in it, come get prayer. Like, get that thing broken off. Because he already paid for it. It's done. It's done. It's done. You never should have to walk in fear or shame. You can easily run into the the Father's presence knowing that you're fully accepted. right? And so as we we take this, know that. And the truth is that no matter how you answer the question, how empowered you want to be by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't change this covenant. You could say, I don't want anymore. I'm happy just how I am. And the love of the Father is on towards you fully. He paid for it. He died for you. He'd do it again. You're worth it. You may not feel worth it, but you're worth it. He already said you are. Right? Argue with him. Go ahead. (laughs) Right? Um, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come and do what only you can do. We're asking as we start this new year. We're seeking as we start this new year. We're knocking as we start this new year. And Jesus, we're taking you at your promise about your desire to pour out the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks and seeks and knocks. And we thank you for... Um, the reality that you're seated at the right hand of the Father. And that in the process of you ascending, it enabled the um, the Holy Spirit to be released on earth like never seen before. And that we truly would become temples that host the presence of the living God. And thank you for revealing that it um, that there's measures of it in the revelation of Acts 2 and then Acts 4, that there's greater impartation of your presence, a greater release of your power, meant to transform the lives of the disciples, but also to bring about a release of power on the face of the earth like they had never seen before, as they perform signs and wonders and miracles to bring glory unto Jesus and to reveal the truth about who he is the Savior of the world, the Messiah, our hope. And so, Lord, I ask that you would seal what you're doing here this morning in our lives. And as we, um, as we seek you today and through this week, I pray that there would be a sense of encounter. As we um, set ourselves to intentionally pursue you, that there's an increased hunger in us for more of you We rely on you for the encounter. And so I pray over my brothers and sisters that are here and those who will be listening on the podcast. I pray that this would be a year of encounter, of going into the deep places with you, Lord. Encountering the deeper levels, um, greater measures of Holy Spirit in our lives. That we truly could, it would be said about us the disciples here in Sonoma County, that we turned this county upside down. We turned the state upside down. We turned the nation upside down. We turned the nations upside down. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can rest in that. And for those who have been waiting for breakthrough the 12s, the 18s, the 38s, the 10s, you fill in the blank. Jesus, I thank you that you're still the answer. You have more than enough power, more than enough um, life in you to release fullness of life into the things that we're waiting for. And we just give you this year. We lay it before you. We thank you for it. It's a gift. Even the breath in our lungs is a gift. We, we give it back unto you. We say, Lord, your will be done this year, 2023. Move in power, 2023. Bring us from glory to glory in 2023. We just want more of you. Yeah. Amen last thing I'll say is, um, obviously, sometimes when you connect with the Holy Spirit, he gives you a strategy. And so expect it. Look for it. It's not going to be the same for every single person, right? For some of you, it will be large doses of Scripture. For some of you, it will be long times of just being in his presence worship. For some of you, he'll call you to do things, to step out in places. And it's really a question, will you be obedient to whatever he's calling you to? Right? You don't need to be afraid. He wouldn't call you to something that is um, going to be harmful to you. <laughs> He's just that good. It might feel risky. But if he calls you to it, it's because your breakthrough is found in it. Does that make sense? Some of you, he might call you to, to learn or, or study some of the healing re- revivalists, right? The John G. Lakes, or right now this year, it felt like he wants me to to look at my, um, Marie Woodworth Edder. John G. Lake, I I love John G. Lake. I don't know if you guys know these people, but anyway, you can look it up. But John G. Lake, he started the healing rooms up in Spokane. Before that, he had a whole ton of ministry he did in Africa, which is amazing. Lives transformed miraculously, right? He goes to Spokane, Spokane became known as the the, the healthiest place on earth, right, (laughs) because of all the healings that took place there. But John G. Lake, he, if you read about him, his story, he looks to, um, to Marie Woodworth Edder, what she carried. Here's a man who carries a whole lot of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's looking to this woman. Obviously he's looking to Jesus first, but he saw something in this woman who lived before him, and she died in 24, 1924. right? Something about her life, as, as I've been studying more, I felt like last year God said, revisit John G. Lake's life." So I've been pouring into it 2022. And then as I kept reading about him, I kept hearing, Mother Edder, Mother Edder, Mother Edder. Who's Mother Edder? <laughs> Right? So finally, I'm like, okay, I better find out. So I, I found out that's who it is. So for my Christmas present, all I asked for, I just want one book about this woman. I got it. And the interesting thing, I'll share this. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I will share it to you because I think it's, it just shows you what God does. I forget the day. It's in my journal. But um, I asked the Lord: Is there anything you I do this often? I say: Is there anything you want to tell me today? Just anything you would you would say to me? And He says: I'm sending you to the highways and the byways. I was like: What does that mean, God? Do I want that? <laughs> All right? It can feel a little sketchy. I don't know what that means. I opened this book on Christmas Day um, by Mother Edder. And the first thing that it says that the Holy Spirit came to her when she was 13 years old, right after she was baptized, um, I'm sending you to the highways and the byways. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. There's something to it. There's something there. All that to say is sometimes God will lead you on what it feels like a little goose chase where he says, will you go here? And then you say, yes, I'll go there. And then he says, okay, now go here. I go there. God may invite you to go somewhere this year. There may be a conference that's happening somewhere in the United States or in another country, and you're like, I never would do that. But as you press into the Holy Spirit, he might be highlighting something for you this year. I encourage you to say yes. The money that you'll spend, the time that you'll give up, it'll be worth it if it's at the behest of the Holy Spirit, right? Anyway, so I'll leave you with that. Let me just close in prayer again. So, Jesus, thank you. Thanks for today. Bless these people, um, your loved ones. And um, I just pray that this would be a, a radical, amazing, glorious new year. And we just ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.